This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. Turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I want to mention this very important thing. It's necessary that I mention this. Communion is not a sacrament. And communion, I'm going to mention a couple of things about its importance. It's, number one, it's not a sacrament. Number two, communion is for believers. And it's for the body of Christ. There are some churches that practice what is called closed communion, which they, I'm not going to throw rocks at it. I mean, it is what they do and what they believe. It's, uh, it's neither here nor there for me. But they, they believe that you cannot, if you were visiting, for example, here in Beaufort Road, you're not a member. They believe that you cannot take communion because you're not a member of this local New Testament church. That's what's called closed communion. We don't practice that. We practice close communion. Because I firmly believe that when you are born again, you are part of the body of Christ. You, and, and I believe this, that there are going to be more than Baptists in heaven. And, and I believe that um, when the body gets together, the word says where there are two or three and uh, he, he says he's there in our midst. So, um, but, you know, because of what we do, uh, you know, we don't invite the stone throwing to come our way, and certainly we have no stones to throw in our pockets either. So, but we do practice what is called close. So that means anybody here that knows the Lord as our Savior, you can partake of communion today. The other thing is this, um, and this is very, very important. Because, as I mentioned, that communion is not a sacrament, but it's an ordinance. It's an ordinance of the New Testament church. In other words, this is what Jesus told us to do. When a person becomes born again, and you know, there are things in the Bible, I'm sure, that people say, I don't care that's in the Bible. I'm just not going to do it. That, that, I've heard that happen before. In fact, that's happened here before. I, I cannot get it out of my mind, sister, when, when Bruce was teaching a Sunday school class, and he was teaching uh, a, a wonderful series on soul winning, and he got to the part of eternal security, and he was teaching the Word and bringing out the points, and somebody in the class stood up and said, well, I don't go along with that, and he was just as kind and gentle with it as he could be. And so, oh, but, uh, you know, this is what the Bible says. And he went through the ABCD part of it. And they frankly said, I don't care what the Bible says. <laughs> well, when, when, you, when you get to that level, then, then you're completely off the road and you're in the ditch. The truth of the matter is we have to be, we have to be concerned about what Jesus said. And Jesus said that once we become a Christian, there are two things we absolutely need to do. He said, number one, you need to follow me and believers' baptism. Now, you might say, well, I'm just not going to do it. You have that choice. That's, that's the beauty of Christianity. You, you, that's the beauty of the Word. In fact, he doesn't make us do anything. 
but he invites us. The Bible is filled with invitation. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's an invitation. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's an invitation. So we have an invitation by the Lord. The Bible's full of them. But he commands us to do these two things. And, and you might be here this morning, or you might be watching by internet. By the way, we greet you. We welcome you. We thank you for tuning in. And we, we're so grateful that our ministry can reach your heart where you're watching from today. But, but he said to do it. And so you, you, can, you can close the Bible like this individual the other day or when Brother Bruce was teaching and said, I don't, I don't care what the Word says. I'm not doing that. You have that choice. But I will tell you this. You, you, you miss the greatest blessings of your life when, when you become aware of the, the Word and, and you are taught what the Word says and then you by free will, say, I'm not doing that. You're, you're in the ditch. It, I don't know about you, but being in the ditch is not a place I want to be in in my life, especially at this point in time of my life. I don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't want to just walk in the ditch, roll in the ditch. Now, I'll get there, I'm sure, by fault and failures, but I, but I don't want to just roll in the ditch. Jesus said, when you become a believer, there are two things that I want you to do. He said, I want you to follow me in believer's baptism. And he said, and I want you to often, and he didn't say how often, but often, come to the table of the Lord. And so what we're doing today is exactly what Jesus told us to do. We're doing this this morning, coming to the Lord's table because he has set, and there are only two, by the way, only two ordinances of the church, believer's baptism and the observance of the Lord's table. So that's what brings us to the notes that we have here this morning, and I want to share these scriptures with you, and I'm going to read for you as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And uh, I, want, I want to read through verse number uh, 23 through verse number 30 for you today. And uh, your outline indicates verse 24 through 28, and that's good. But let, let me just give you a couple extra verses that lead into these few notes that I have uh, for you this morning. And Paul is writing, and he's given us the order, and he's given us the meaning, the instruction of the Lord's table. And he says this in verse number 23, For I have received of the Lord. The first thing that I want you to understand is that Paul is not the one making this up. Paul didn't dream this up. He didn't say, hey, let me give you something else to do in the church. That's not, that's not what he... He got this instruction straight from the Lord. He said, I have received of the Lord. Now, that, that's another thing altogether. Because one of the credentials of being an apostle was that the individual had to be 
an eyewitness of the resurrected Christ. Well, how can that be, preacher? Because Paul certainly wasn't even a believer at the time Jesus was crucified, when he was buried, when he rose from the grave, when he ascended back to heaven. That's an interesting subject because when you really study the writings of this great man, you understand that the Lord spent three years in the Arabian desert with this man and taught him a host of heavenly things. So this is when Paul got this instruction from the Lord. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it. And see, I want you to notice that specifically. It doesn't say do this quarterly, annually, but as, as often as you do it, and I believe it should be periodically often, as often as you do it, <clears throat> notice this, as often as you drink it in remembrance of me, for as often as you eat this bread, in verse 26, and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Now before I get to this four-point outline that you're holding in your hand this morning, I want to reference some things that I have taught you many times over the years, and I think that it's valuable instruction to reiterate it for you again today, and that's this. In verse number 27, the word says that if we take communion unworthily, that we're going to be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. And how, how, does, how can a person do that unworthily? Well, if, first of all, if you're not saved, communion is for saved people. But, but the other thing is this, that if we have any unconfessed sin in our life. So there are a couple of ways that we can take communion unworthily. Now, we're all sinners. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, every single one of us. We all have sinned in our life. So the main thing that I would instruct us to do, as we will do in just a few moments, as verse number 28 teaches us to examine ourselves, we're going to have an opportunity to get whatever's wrong right. And we want to make sure that when we come to the Lord's table that, that we are, we're not unworthy, but we're worthy. And, and I don't mean that by... Uh, holier than thou in that context, and I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, but, but this thing here 
uh, let a man examine himself. We're going to be talking about that uh, in the outline here in just a, a moment. So let's start with the first thing, because I have titled this this morning, There are four great aspects to the Lord's table. There's so many different things that I could bring out in, in today's uh, observance of communion, but I want to be uh, brief with these uh, four specific points. Number one is, as we have already read in verse number 24, communion, as a believer now, communion is the act of obedience. And we're taught over and over in the Word. Not only are we to obey our parents and the Lord, for this is right, as the Scripture says, Scripture also says, obey them that have the rule over you. The Scripture is filled with teachings on the importance of obedience. And in this particular text, Paul is giving us great instruction on how important our obedience is to the Lord. And so in verse 24, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, take and this is the act of obedience. Jesus said, I want you to do this. And he said, you, I want you to obey me. Take this. And he said, and eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Okay? Number, in verse 24, we also have this word remembrance. So we have two things that we are admonished to do in verse 24. I have underlined in my word the word take. That's the act of obedience. And then also in the same verse, verse 24, is the word remembrance. This do in remembrance of me. Now, we could spend a lot of time talking this morning about the life of Christ. We wouldn't even be able to scratch the surface. From the time that he came to this earth when he was born in Bethlehem of Judea until the time he ascended back to the Father when he was 33 and a half years old, the life of Christ. We could talk a little bit about his childhood. We don't know a whole lot about that. We could talk about his birth. We could talk about his circumcision. We could talk about his age at 12, teaching the lawyers and doctors. Uh, we could talk about him being 30 years old and performing his first miracle at the wedding of Canaan and Galilee. We could talk about his crucifixion at the age of 33 and a half years old. We, we know a little bit, but I will tell you, we mentioned those things, we, we can't even scratch the surface on them. But look, the Bible even says that the volumes of the books of the world could not contain the things that Jesus did. So here's the thing. But we do remember something very important about the Lord. And that is this. We love him because he first loved us. That's what we need to remember. And if you can remember that, we love him because he first loved us, then all of the other important things that go hand in hand with that, you have been well taught. And so, in these first two elements of the scripture, we find the obedience, and that is the Lord said, take this and do it. And then he said, when you do it, remember me. And then if you notice in verse number 25, and I want to mention something very important because this is a doctrine that seems to go astray in several denominations 
And after the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament of blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. There are those who teach the doctrine. We do not practice it. We do not teach it. Quite frankly, we condemn it. But there are those who practice and teach the doctrine of transubstination. That's a big word. It's a difficult word and maybe a word that you're not really familiar with. But for the denominations, and, and it's a plural aspect, they believe that when you partake of communion, that the wafer literally becomes part of the body of Christ. And they believe that the cup we will drink in just a moment, the juice, they believe that it literally turns into the blood of Christ. That doesn't happen. But that is, that is, a, that is a doctrine that some denominations teach. And so I want to be clear that we are straight in our doctrine concerning this. All right, so verse number 26, we find the thing of confession. And it says, for as often as you eat this bread drink the, and drink this cup, you do show. This is the word I've underlined in my Bible. Show the Lord's death till he come. You know, we don't have to wear T-shirts that says, I'm a Jesus fan. We don't have to wear, hold up signs saying, yes, I'm one of them. You know, for people to do that, to whatever, that I, don't, I have no stones to throw. But I will tell you this. Our life needs to be more than a bumper sticker, more than a T-shirt, and more than a sign that we hold. People ought to be able to look at our life and say, there's something different about them. Something different about us that causes them to maybe ask, why are you so happy all the time? Why do you seem to have this joy? I look at things going on in your life, and by all of life's descriptions, your life is a train wreck. But yet, you, when I see you, you look happy. Why is that? There's a light there's a beacon going on within you that's causing other people to look at you and say, what is going on? How can that be? And that's your opportunity to let people see that you are light and darkness, that you are salt in a world of chaos. So when you, when you show your faith, it, it, it's a declaration. It's, it's a confession of your faith. And so I jotted that down. And then the last thing that I want you to see here is, and this is really what I want to spend a few extra moments on this morning, and it's the, the table of examination in verse number 28. Because we're talking about how does a person take communion unworthily. In verse 28, it says, let a man examine himself. You know, this is not an opportunity for us to look across the pew at our neighbor and say, mm-hmm, yeah, you need to be listening to this man. You need to be doing what he's talking about. Listen, we, ha we have no stones to throw, no, no fingers to point at other individuals. 
This is a self-examination, and so that's why in just a few moments these lights will go down, and uh, we'll spend some time in prayer and get whatever's wrong right, because I will tell you, as the Scripture says this, it's best that you not make a vow to God than to make one and break it. You, you get that principle. And I could give you many more like that this morning, but it's the principle works the same. It's best not to take communion if you're not going to get some things right with God. Whatever's wrong, get it right. Well, preacher, I don't have, there's not enough daylight for me to do that. <laughs> well, I, I get it. But you know how you you know how you really get serious with God and you and you really get this thing fine-tuned. In in your own personal time with the Lord, if you want to take moments and and time to to itemize things in your life and check them off the list and and really spend time addressing those particularities, uh, that's a wonderful thing, and I don't belittle any of that, and I would encourage you uh, to, to even do it because you'll find inward peace with your heart. But in a moment like this, having communion... And to fine-tune this thing to where in just moments from this opportunity, we are actually passing out the, the bread and passing out the cup. I would recommend that you do this, Lord. You know and I know where I have failed you. Or you know and I know where I am failing you. And so, God, in the name of Jesus, through the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus, forgive me. Help me, Lord, in my weakness and my frailty, be in a position today to take communion without reproach and without the wrath of God. It's just as simple as that, because look at this. If we eat the bread, take the cup unworthily, the scripture says that we eateth and drinketh damnation to, to ourselves. Now, let me set this straight as well. As we have rested this thing about transubstination, let me tell you that um, this word damnation, the connotation of the word is not in reference to hellfire. You can study the scriptures uh, from the north, south, east, and west, and if you are a diligent student of the Bible, you will see that marvelous truth. This is not talking about your eternal soul, but it is talking about the, the wrath of God coming upon our life if we don't do this correctly. The, and it self-explains it itself. It says, not discerning the Lord's body. It, it has nothing to do with our soul. But we can reap what we sow. And, this is, and for this cause, verse 30, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. So, so this morning, and I'm going to uh, place my Bible on the table. By the way, I want to thank uh, our deacon, Brother Ray, and his dear wife, Sister Phyllis, for setting up this beautiful table. I want to thank uh, 
the other deacons of the church that will help me now to administer the Lord's table. And I pray that during these moments, you'll, you'll take some time to spend with the Lord, perhaps in a way that you do not normally do that. That This is, this is a day where we, we do a spiritual self-inventory and we say, God, whatever's wrong, and not play mind games with him. You know, if he knows it's wrong, we know it's wrong. Whatever's wrong, get it right. This is the best part about communion for our church, and I would hope any church. But when, when we partake communion, and we do exactly what the Scripture says, we examine ourselves, we get things right that's wrong, I hope you realize that that instantly puts this church in unity. Unity. And the scripture is clear when you read Acts chapter 2, how God responds to unity. And the Lord added to the church such as should be saved. So here's what happens. When we take communion correctly, and we do this self-examination and we get right whatever's wrong and we leave here to, together today in the spirit of unity, we are on the premise. We are handing God what he holds necessary to send revival to our church. Because God does incredible, wonderful things when we are unified. And when we are unified, listen, when we get things right that's wrong, we're unified. And so we leave here in the premise to where God is free to move and work in not only harmonious ways, but wonderful, incredible, and I would emphasize supernatural ways. You say, well, preacher, that, that word supernatural, that just scares me to death. Well, listen, the fact that you're saved, you, you have been under the power of the supernatural wonder-working power of God. Now, I, I don't believe in spooky religion, but I believe in this Bible. And I believe every word of it from cover to cover. And so... Whatever the word says, you do. You respond to it. Do it in a, in a correct way. And you'd be amazed how God will work in your life and in the life of our church. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.